I've been really looking forward to this all morning. It's, I think, a, a really momentous occasion on Australian television. Women in Australian parliaments is a long and involved one. What not many people know is that it all started in South Australia with a political blunder that changed the world. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. It's called Misrepresented. And it is a, an Australian first, absolutely. Uh, when Edith Cowan first became um, the first woman to be elected in Australia, winning the seat of West Perth back in 1921 on March 12, she had to duck home if she wanted to go to the bathroom, as there were no women's toilets in the building. Thankfully, she lived close by the West Australian Parliament, a brisk four-minute walk. She did this for three years when she was in office. Can you believe it? A hundred years on, female politicians have continued to show much fortitude, fighting against injustices and inequalities against misogyny and, yes, even fighting to get toilet facilities in the building. When Parliament House was opened in Canberra in 1927, there were no women's toilets in the building. Can you believe that? Even though Australia was the first country in the world in which women could both vote and run for Parliament, no one thought they would ever make it to Canberra, but how wrong they were. And I can't think of a better person to tell this story a hundred years on than the ABC's commentator Annabelle Crabb, who joins us on the program. Annabelle, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Marcus. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm kind of fanboying. Uh, I do <laughs> I do love your work. You are one of my favourite presenters, and uh, this is something I'm really looking forward to. Tell me all about Misrepresented. Oh, thank you very much. Well, look, I really just wanted to collect a whole lot of stories and let the women who have changed the face of politics and parliament in Australia tell their own stories. Yeah, there are some really great and interesting historical stories, particularly the things that women had to put up with. I mean, the toilets were only the start of it. You know, we didn't get... We, we interviewed Kate Sullivan, who arrived in the Senate in 1974, so that's 72 years after the Australian Parliament decided that women could run for Parliament as well as voting, and we were the first country in the world um, to make that happen. Um, and she turned up and noticed there were no ladies' toilets in the Senate. You know, they had these... Um, they had two bathrooms outside the chamber that said, gentlemen and senators. And uh, <laughs> dear, oh dear. obviously she couldn't go in either of them. So she led a campaign to get it changed and um, they boarded up the urinal in the men's toilet and gave it to the ladies and they still had men busting in on them who hadn't read the sign properly. But anyway, this is, you know, not all that long ago, right? And no. even... Kate, who we, we uh, interviewed, also talked about running for the parliament in 1974. She had to grow her hair long. She had to stop wearing knee-high boots and oh, stop dear. smoking cigars because it wasn't ladylike. And so, yeah, a lot of women from that era will tell you stories about having to wear the right thing and dress in a ladylike fashion and kind of reassure people that they were actually domesticated and fully functioning ladies as well as being politicians and um, there are a lot of war stories from that time. Well I look forward to hearing these stories, I mean the cast is uh, full of female firsts, Julia Gillard, our first female Prime Minister, Anne Alley the first woman of Islamic faith to be elected to the Federal Parliament, there's Bronwyn Bishop, Julie Bishop, Sarah Hansen Young, the youngest woman to be elected to the Australian Parliament, Ros Kelly, the first to represent the ACT in the House of Representatives, and they go on. It's a who's who, including Maurice Payne, Nova Paris, Natasha Stott Despoia. Uh, I mean, I want to hear these stories. Yeah, well, I mean, they. 
I think in politics, you know, women often talk to each other about the things that they experience, but they don't go on about it a lot. I think a lot of women who are currently in politics are very cautious about, you know, being seen as whinging. They don't, you know, tell these stories publicly because they don't want to be seen as whingers. And so when we sat down and interviewed each of them for sort of three or four hours only about this issue of gender, you, you end up flushing out these quite extraordinary stories that otherwise they probably wouldn't tell. Like, so, do, I mean, we talk a little bit about clothes, which is sort of, you know, mm. I mean, you know, it seems like a shallow subject, but actually it can get women into real trouble in Parliament. We talked to Cheryl Kernow about the old feather boa story. Remember that one when <laughs> yes. she was on the front page of yep. the Women's Weekly with a feather boa? She tells us a story about how that happened, but it kind of pursued her. Everybody remembers that story. Um, Julia Gillard talks about, you know, the first day she went off for a walkabout when she was first Prime Minister, yep. Australia's first female Prime Minister, and half the coverage was about her coat, which people didn't like or thought Crazy. was like a cheap motel bed spread. Silly stuff, <laughs> and, really. Is um, and Julie Bishop, when she first became a minister, very excited to be, you know, promoted, um, got a call from the PM's office telling her to um, stop wearing um, Armani suits and start wearing more cardigans because it was more appropriate for the job. But she thought well, that's a bit of a strange advice to get from a bloke in the PM's office. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do they? I mean, do they feel like they're painting a target on their back sometimes if they do talk about these gender issues? I think it's changed a bit. I mean, Julia yeah. Gillard, of course. Uh, yeah. uh, one of the uh, one of the things I uh, I wanted to do when I was given an opportunity like this and a platform like this was uh, try and change the narrative. Uh, one of the worst things I heard years ago, and I still recall listening to it at the time and just shuddering and thinking to myself, I want to be much better than this. It was uh, an interview, I think it was Howard Sattler or, or yeah. one of those bloody right-wing wanks who basically said to Julia Gillard, oh, well, Tim Gay, or, or some ridiculous comment like that. It was right up there with the no fruit in the fruit bowl type of situation. I thought... Is this bloke for real? Is this where we're up to? I mean, there have been other yeah. commentators, as you know, of course, uh, Annabelle, who have, you know, probably said the wrong thing. And I, mm. I don't care. People can call me whatever they want, a lefty or a bleeding heart. I don't care. I respect women. And I'm sorry, yeah. telling, you know, telling somebody to get in a shaft bag and be thrown out to sea and swim back mm. and all that, that's just not on. I wouldn't say it to my mother. I wouldn't say yeah. it to my partner. So we damn well should not be saying it to women who are representing us in Parliament. Yeah, I think that what we're learning is, and we've only had one female Prime Minister, so she kind of, I, I suppose, bore the brunt of the novelty of that. Oh, and yeah. I remember that interview too, that very clearly, that one about, um, you know, the interviewer, it was Howard Sattler asking um, the then Prime Minister of Australia if her partner was homosexual because he was a hairdresser, you know. And um, I actually raised that with her in the interview. I showed her that okay. footage and she got very emotional because I think... It really was a moment where she realised that the rules about the things that you can ask prime ministers or the respect that you show prime ministers just wasn't really applying to her in the same way. Like, just you couldn't imagine that interviewer asking John Howard such a, you know, such an invasive and disrespectful question. Not about Jeanette. No. That people would constantly but people felt that they could say that sort of stuff or even, you know, refer to Julia Gillard as 
her first with her first name. Um, so, look, I think that that, I mean, we look back on that stuff now and flinch. I think it's not been that long, but I reckon that we've moved along a bit since then. And that is the story of these women in, in the parliament, you know. Yeah. A lot of them put up with weird stuff because they were the first woman to have this job, you know. Yeah. I've got, you know, so many stories of women, you know, to being picked up by their com car and the bloke says, oh, are you the secretary or, you know, are you, will, will the minister be along shortly? Or, you know, people, um, this is what happens when you, when a, a group of people move into a space that's sort of designed for men, you well, know. that's all um, changed, thank God. That's changed. It's changing. Yeah. And I think we're in the period right now where there's a, a further change and that's about women kind of telling the stories of things that have happened to them in the parliament and asking that that certain behaviours change. And that's another um, leap forward. And I think partly we've, we're having those conversations partly because there are women that have made it to powerful positions and who say, well, look, you know, this isn't good enough. We can't, you know, put up with this sort of old-fashioned behaviour anymore. So, look, at, you know, change happens like that. It's not just one person that makes you know, 100% change. It's a series of people chipping away and changing um, an environment. You know, like, like, like last year, late last yeah. year, something quite amazing happened, which didn't really get much coverage at the time, but the Australian Senate became majority female <laughs> last October. Well, I made a big the, deal about it because I thought it was oh, fantastic. Good on you. Well, thank you. I mean, it did sort of seem to go under the radar a little bit around the place, and I thought... It's an amazing thing, really, um, because it's taken a long time to bring women into the parliament. The House of Reps is still a bit behind, yeah. but this change is happening, and I think that it's changing the culture. And basically, the, if you're going to run a democracy, it should look like the you know the the country that um, it represents. Okay, fifty-one percent of the population, Annabelle. You don't need me to tell you this. Fifty-one percent of the population yeah. are female. You know, so it stands to reason uh, there should be an equal representation within our parliamentary system. Okay, so we've got four episodes of Misrepresented. It starts tonight, 8pm on ABC. And, of course, you can binge all four EPs uh, on iView from today, I'm told. Yeah, so after the show goes to air at 8.30, so the show goes to air at 8, and when it winds up, you can yeah. go to iView and watch the next three. Um, they're only half an hour long each, but they really are full of kind of, well, laughs as well as kind of gobsmacking moments about things that women have put up with in the past and into the um, present yeah. and the tricks that they use to make their way in the parliamentary world. Yeah, and, and sadly, uh, I'm sure I'll see myself being a little frustrated, but also thankful that we've come a long way. Thank goodness. It's really good to talk to you, Annabelle. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your interest. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. There she is, Annabelle Crabb, on the program, and Misrepresented starts, as I say, tonight, 8pm on the ABC.